greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this day? Amen. Amen. It's always good to come to the house of the Lord because this is the place where we get equipped. This is the place where we get trained. Amen. Let me repeat that. I said this is the place where we get equipped. This is the place where we get trained. I'm saying that because the, there is an enemy out there who is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So you do yourself good by coming to the house of the Lord. Because then when you receive the word and you know what God can do, then you know your God more than you know what the enemy can do to your life. Amen. And that will give you the victory. So the song that we sang here, we also sang the song, You Are the Pillar That Holds My Life. And to me, I just ask myself, how would life have been like without Jesus? Because I think there are so many things happening in this life. So many things that bring uncertainty in your life. So many things that may frighten you. So many things that may hurt you. So many things that may harm you. But when you've got Jesus, you know you've got the pillar that holds your life. Amen. So I'm encouraged to be a child of God and I will keep on keeping on. Because it's better in here. It's better to be in the house of the Lord. It's better to be a child of God. Amen. The past two weeks we were talking about taking God at his word. And we have seen how God demonstrated his power in the lives of so many people, which means he can also do it for you and I. Okay? So the only thing is that, before I give you the title of what we're going to talk about today, the only thing is that sometimes we lose focus. Being children of God, we behave like people of the world, talk like people of the world, we do things the way that people of the world are doing, and therefore we get the results the same as people of the world. Amen. But if you want to get different results, if you want to get godly results, then you need to live a godly life. Even your focus in life should be about his kingdom, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. Can we go together to the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6? I'll read Colossians 2, 6, AMPC, and Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2, AMPC. Colossians 2, 6 AMPC and Colossians 3, 1 and 2 AMPC. You just see how Paul is admonishing us that if we have accepted Christ, where should our focus be? He says, Colossians 2, 6 AMPC, As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives and conduct yourself in union with and conformity to him. Amen. So he says, if you have accepted Jesus, may your life be in line with the Jesus that you have accepted. May your life show that you are a child of God. May you show that you are different from people of the world because you have Jesus in you. Now in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, it says, if you then have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, 
the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. You see that admonition. So Paul is admonishing us to say, indeed, there are so many things in this world that we can be concerned about, but let's not lose focus. Our attention and our minds should be on the kingdom, should be on heavenly things. And of course, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the other things will be added. So God doesn't say that we focus on his kingdom and then he will not take care of us. He says, focus on my kingdom. Have your mind set on the things above. I will provide for you. I will take care of you. Because we are children of God. We are in his kingdom. So as we were worshiping here, I'm just reminded that in our kingdom, in the kingdom of God, we worship. Amen. But you would find that in the days we're living in, I'll read you 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 in the TLB, just to show you the times that we're living in, but that mustn't discourage you from living your Christian walk in a way that pleases God. And then after that, I'll give you the title of what we're going to talk about today. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. Look at what will happen in the last days in the TLB. It says, you may as well know this too, Timothy, that in the last days it is going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Did you hear that? Paul was saying to Timothy, this you may as well know, my son Timothy. In the last days, it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. In other words, there are so many things that will be happening that will sway you away from serving God. Just like even now with the coronavirus pandemic and that people are so much focused on corona, they've forgotten about God. That's the strategy of the enemy. Amen. So he says, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be proud and boastful, sneering at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful to them, and thoroughly bad. They will be hard-headed and never give in to others. They will be constant liars and troublemakers, and they will think nothing of immorality. They will be rough and cruel and sneer at those who try to be good. They will betray their friends. They will be hot-headed, puffed up with pride, and prefer good times to worshiping God. They will go to church, yes, but they won't really believe anything they hear. Don't be taken in by people like that. Did you hear? This is the admonition that Paul is giving us, he says, in the last days, it will be difficult to be a Christian because if you look at things going on around you, everybody is concentrating on their own advantage. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money more than lovers of God. He even says, people will even be preferring good times more than worshiping God. Nice times. And then he even says some people will even be disrespectful to their parents. You're seeing all those things, isn't it? And it says some will even sneer at God. If you watch also some of the TV programs, you can see how people talk about God. And you see that this is just being cheeky. Cheeky. We say cheeky. Yeah, against God. How do you do that? Okay. It just shows we are living in the last days. 
So it mustn't discourage you. It must actually encourage you to serve God more, to focus on God more, because there are so many signs that show that we are living in the last days. But for you, child of God, focus on the kingdom, focus on what God wants to do through you. So let's go together then to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, in the Good News Translation. And then, Mr. MJ, you can get ready with us, Matthew 6, 9, and 10. I'll do Matthew 6, 33 in the Good News because I just want to show you that when God says, be concerned about my kingdom, focus on the kingdom, it doesn't mean that things around you are not important. It doesn't mean that you don't need things that are needed here on the earth. All he is saying is don't lose focus and focus on things. Focus on God. So it says, Matthew 6.33, good news. Instead, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God and with what he requires of you. And he will provide you with all these other things. Did you get that? So he says, there are so many things that could concern you. But instead of being concerned with those so many things, be concerned with the kingdom of God and what he requires of you. Be concerned with the kingdom of God and what he requires of you and he will provide you with those many other things that you need. So the things that you need, God knows you need them. And he wants to provide for you. But he doesn't want you to focus on things and forget the kingdom. He wants you to focus on the kingdom and things will be added to you. Do you get that? So, Mr. MJ, read for us uh, Matthew 6, 9 and 10 in the King James Version. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So today I want us to talk about thy kingdom come. Okay, so when you say thy kingdom come, we want the kingdom of God to be manifested among us here on the earth. Okay, so it says, it says, instead be concerned, it says thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you look at this one here, it says our father which art in heaven. But there, are, there is a way that things are happening in heaven. We want that to be seen here on the earth. That's why when we say thy kingdom come, we are not talking about only the Lord's coming back the second time. We're talking about living the kingdom of God here on the earth at such a time as this. Okay? So he says thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you look in heaven... They don't get sick, do they? Do you think there are some times when angels are having flu and they can't worship? Huh? No. So therefore, when I say thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I'm expecting the goodness of heaven to be manifested in my life and here on the earth. We want to see the kingdom of God being manifested among us so that we can see what God can do. But when we talk about the kingdom of God, it's not just speaking. You see, it's very easy to talk about the kingdom and not live in the kingdom. That's why many people are just talking and talking. They are good at talking, but they don't live the kingdom. So 
Can we read together the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20? TLB, 1 Corinthians 4, 20, TLB, Mr. MJ. I just want to show you that the kingdom of God is not just about speaking about it. Okay? It's very easy to talk about being a Christian. It's very easy to talk about it's so good to live for God. It's so good this, this, just talking. But the real test is living it. Are you living the kingdom or are you just talking about the kingdom? First, Timothy, First Corinthians 4.20 TLB. The kingdom of God is not just talking. Mm. It is living by God's power. Okay. The kingdom of God is not just talking. It is living by God's power. We've had a lot of talk. Okay? We want to see God living through us. We want to see the power of God being manifested through our lives. We want to see God reigning in our lives. Because when we say kingdom, it means the kingdom, it means the king has dominion. It means rulership of God. You get that? So if we say we are in this kingdom, we are worshiping. Do you know that in our kingdom we worship the king? We worship King Jesus, isn't it? We worship our Lord because he is the king. He deserves to be worshipped. In our kingdom, we are provided for. Do you know that in our kingdom, he takes care of us? In our kingdom, we are protected. Do you know in our kingdom, he protects us? Okay. Let me give you this example. The Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, going down after verse 17, going down 18, 19, 20, talks about you are therefore ambassadors for Christ. Okay? So when you are an ambassador, you are in a certain land, in a foreign land, but you don't belong to that foreign land. I want you to understand the ambassador concept so that when I read the following two scriptures for you, you will see that in our kingdom, things happen exactly that way because we are ambassadors. Okay? When you are an ambassador, let's say you are an ambassador of the United States in South Africa. You are in South Africa, but you are not a South African, isn't it? Who takes care of your needs? The United States, your government, isn't it? Who protects the embassy? Your soldiers. Okay? So, it means even in our kingdom, don't you think in our kingdom, we should be provided for in our own kingdom. Don't you think in our kingdom, we should also be protected by our own army? Mm. Can I give you examples? Let's go together to the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And then Matthew 26, 53, amplified. So there are many things that you may need here on the earth. You need to know, I'm in the earth, but I don't belong to this earth. So my kingdom provides for me. Okay. Because imagine you are in South Africa. They say the South African economy is in what status? Okay. So, how do you get provided for with junk status economy? It's not, it doesn't look good, isn't it? So rather, have another way of getting provided for. Even in times when people are saying, we are all losing jobs. We don't have monies. We don't have this. Because they are depending on a certain kingdom. But you, child of God, depend on your kingdom. Let's read it. Philippians 4.19, Amplified, AMPC. It says, 
and my God will liberally fill to the full your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Do you see that in our kingdom we get provided for? Mm. And it doesn't say according to your economy in your country, in the country where you are living. It says according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we are provided for according to our country. And we are also protected according to our country. How many of you know that our kingdom has got an army? Did you, those of you last week who were here, you heard when we were talking about King Hezekiah, and then how did King Hezekiah defeat those uh, Syrians? The Lord sent an angel and destroyed 185,000 soldiers. That's the kind of kingdom you are in. Therefore, in our kingdom, we've got our own army. And can I show you that practically? <laughs> Jesus actually did it. The time when people came, they were coming to capture Jesus. So Mr. MJ, you will read for us Matthew 26, 53 in the Amplified Classic. Matthew 56, 26, 53 Amplified Classic. So people had come to capture Jesus. They wanted to arrest him. They were going to crucify him. You remember Peter cutting the ear of one of the servants of the high priest, trying to protect Jesus. And Jesus said, put back your sword, because he who draws the sword will die of the sword. But then, how do we get protected, Jesus, if you don't want us to draw the sword? Read. Do you suppose that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will immediately provide me with more than 12 legions? More than 80,000 of angels. Sure. That was a bit too much, isn't it? If one angel, you know what one angel can do. He says, don't you think if I didn't want to die, I could just appeal to my father. I call on our kingdom. You get that? Yes, I just call on our kingdom. And then an army would be dispatched to preserve me. That's why Psalms 91 says, he has given his angels charge over you to protect you in all your ways. He says, don't you think, if I didn't want to die, don't you think I could have called on the angels and on the father and the father would provide the angels? So you also, if you don't want to die in accident, call on the father to provide the angels to protect you. Amen. He says, if I didn't want to die, don't you think I could have appealed on the father. And the father would have provided the angels immediately. So it means also for all of us children of God, we've got provision in our kingdom. Whether it's provision for our physical needs, he supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. Because we are in his kingdom, we are ambassadors. Whether it's about protection, he protects us. He covers us with his feathers. He protects us from all dangers of the enemy. That's why Psalms 91 talks about he will protect you from deadly diseases. That's why he is also protecting us even from coronavirus and any other disease that is deadly. Amen? Because we belong to the kingdom. But then, you know that many people want to talk about the kingdom of God and they want to receive something from God to go and give to other people when they themselves haven't, don't have anything that is working for them. 
You will hear a lot of people wanting to prophesy you when they can't prophesy themselves. Okay? I've got a word for you, brother. Before you have a word for me, have a word for yourself first. Isn't it? Then you can have a word for me. It's fair, isn't it? But it must first work for you. That's why if you look at how the Bible describes the Holy Spirit in the book of John, the Bible uses two words to refer to the Holy Spirit that are very close to each other. There's a word well, a fountain. It says, he who hears my word, when you believe, out of your belly shall, you will, you will have uh, this well of the, the springing up to eternal life. Okay? So it's like a well. A well is for personal use. So, but when that well bubbles up, it says it will bubble up and become rivers of living waters. So you start with a well, and then it bubbles out and it becomes rivers. So when something first should work for you in the kingdom, okay? So when I say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray it this way. I say thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. After it's done in my life, then his will can be done on the earth. Amen? I first have to experience that. Because what I want to give to the world, I must first have it. Amen? You can't give what you don't have. Okay? So I say, thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And once it's done in my life, then it can be dispensed to others. Similarly, I know how to get healed by believing God. Okay? And then that's why I also know how to get, how to get you healed by believing God. Because I know how it should work for me first. Okay? This is how the kingdom works. In other words, you first receive. Paul, Peter and, and, and John, when they were going to the temple, you remember what they said when they saw that man who, who was in the beautiful gate? They said, silver and gold have I none. Such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So in other words, I'm giving you what I have. So before we can go into the world, we must first receive something. That's why in the book of Acts chapter 1, it says, don't leave Jerusalem until you are endured from pow with power from on high. And then you will be my witnesses. Then you will go out and be my witnesses. You get that? So let's go now because God... We are here on the earth. So as the kingdom now is manifested in my life, this kingdom must also spread. Let's go together to the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 20, King James Version. Mark 16, 15 to 20, King James Version. It talks about how then the Lord Jesus is commissioning us to go. Do you know that it's very good to be in church and to fellowship among ourselves, but it's not enough because this is for equipping you. But once you are equipped, you need to go out into the world. There are so many people out there who need help. So many people out there who are oppressed of the enemy. So many people there, out there who are afraid. So many people out there who are discouraged and even at the point of committing suicide. So many people out there who don't know what to do. Okay? Some of them are even demon-possessed. Okay? afflicted by evil spirits. So it means when you have received the kingdom and the world now is becoming a river, 
Now you go into the world and dispatch, dispatch the goodness of God. So can we go together that Mark 16, 15 to 20, King James, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I want you to look at things there. He talks about go into the world. Okay? When you go, you go there and what? Preach the gospel. You don't go out there and condemn people. Okay? Some people go out there to show how good you are, how better you are than them. You won't win them that way. When you go out there, preach the gospel. Tell them about the goodness of God. Tell them that God loves them. Tell them that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And if you don't know many verses, don't try to, to pretend as if you know many verses and argue with people out there in the world. Do you know that there are people who read the Bible just to argue with you? And they actually read it more than you do. So therefore, if you're going to argue with them, they will confuse you. Okay? But if you are going to share what God has done for you, that they cannot take away from you. Amen? Jimmy Swaggart, they said, he says, if you think God is dead, who is this one now living in you? In other words, if you tell me, because some people, actually some people will tell you, the Bible is just a Western invention, a European invention to steal our land. Okay? They brought the Bible and stole our land. You've heard that, isn't it? But now, if indeed it's just a Western invention, why does it work in my life? Why do I get healed by just believing this very way? Why do I walk in the power of God and trample upon the serpents and the scorpions and all the powers of the enemy by believing this word if this is just a Western invention? There should be something in it. Amen? Because it's working for me. So he says, verse 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. It means when you go out there, know that there will be others who will believe, but others won't believe. And these signs shall follow them that believe. I want you to look closely at that. It said, go into the world and preach the gospel. These signs shall follow them that believe. Okay, if you are seated, do things follow you when you are seated? When we say something is following you, it means you are moving. So it says, go into the world and preach the gospel. As you go preaching the gospel, the signs will follow you who believe. Okay? As you go into the world. Now, we've heard a lot of word, even in this church. But sometimes you find we are seated. We are not going into the world. Then signs cannot follow because you are seated. Okay? These signs shall follow them that believe. What are the signs? In my name they will cast out devils. It means you go out there. You find people oppressed by evil spirits. You say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of it. And the evil spirits have got to obey because you are using the authority that Jesus has given you. It says they will speak with new tongues. Talking in other tongues, speaking mysteries before God. They shall take up serpents. And you say, Pastor, why do we need to take up serpents? Okay. You remember there was one time when Paul uh, 
was in a ship and they suffered shipwreck and then they came to an island called the island of Melton. And then Paul was picking up wood. He wasn't picking up serpents. But then what did he do? He picked up a serpent, isn't it? And then the serpent fastened itself on him. They say it was a very venomous snake. That people of that land read it in Acts. You see, I've got some stories to tell you. Yeah, but they are in your Bibles also. So the, the venomous snake fastened itself on him. And then Paul just did it like this, and then it fell on the fire. And then people looked at Paul expecting him to drop dead. Because that was a very poisonous snake. So what did Paul just do? He picked up a serpent and he did him no harm. Then it says, they, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. This is now for, for those that may want to pour something for you when you don't know in your food or in your drink. Okay? Because when you are drinking, you think you are drinking a drink. Isn't it? But then there is something poured in your drink. Because you can't always watch and that's why you know some people, they're they are like kings of this world who are very much afraid. They can't just eat things. Somebody must taste test first. Even if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. So you are drinking, you think you are drinking a drink, and somebody has put something in there. So the promise is it will not hurt you. So the one who created me has to know how to protect me. Just like people were surprised when Paul that snake fastened on him and he didn't kill him. They expected him to drop dead. Some of your enemies, there are people who sometimes either they've thrown something for you or they've done something and now they just see you still moving and you are still well. Then they start asking each other, are you sure you poured that person? Because the guy is moving as if nothing is happening. Okay? They end up even fighting among themselves. Some of them you would even hear them talking about it. Okay? But then you felt nothing. Because even if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. Because your master is taking care of you. It's better to be protected by God than by human beings. Because then, when God protects you, he protects you from anything that the enemy can use to attack you with. Including deadly things in your dreams. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So it says, when you go out there, you will find people who are sick. You will lay hands on them and they will recover. You know this verse here, even though when you come to church, usually it's the pastor who lays on, hands on you and you recover. But this verse didn't say pastors. It says those who believe. So when you go out there, because where you are, I may not be there with you. But you are a child of God. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. You've got the Holy Spirit upon you. So you go out there because now the kingdom, you have seen how God works in your life. You have tested the well. You know God can heal. He has healed you already. So you've got the confidence that the same God who healed me can heal this child as I lay hands on him. Amen? So you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So this is what they were told. So then, after that, the Lord had spoken unto them. He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Now, I want you to look closely at verse 20. 
And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. I want to show you something here. From verse 15 to verse 18, it's talking about you need to do this. If you do this, this will happen. But nothing has happened yet. I want you to get that. Because it's the same thing with any promise that you see in the word. When the promise is still in the word, or when you are given a promise, it's still just a promise until you leave it. Okay? So they were told, go into the world. So what did they do in verse 20? And they went forth. Okay. That word went. I will do the, the, the other kind of English. They did go. Isn't it? The word went is the same with did go. Yeah, they did go. It says go into the world. As they went, in other words, they did go. So as they went, what did they do? They preach. They were told go into the world and preach. Now they have done what God said they must do. What must God do now? The Lord working with them. You see now, it means now you are not alone. The Lord is working with you. I told you that even when you go there, you may not know many verses, but you've got a testimony. I always get reminded of two people in the Bible. They were not really, they haven't been in church even. Okay? You remember the Samaritan woman? When she went to the people out there in the world, she didn't quote many verses. She only said, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? In other words, she was sharing her own personal testimony. I told you about the man who was born blind. Okay? The man who was born blind, the religious people of the day, the scholars of the day, were trying to argue with him. They said, the man who opened your eyes is a sinner. And the man said, but it's surprising because I, God doesn't hear the prayer of sinners. They said, no, the man who opened your eyes is a sinner. Because how does he do it on a Sabbath day? Then the man said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I know, what did he know? Is that I was blind, but now I see, and that's the man who made me whole. So that they can't argue with. That's why they ended up saying, he said, do you want to also follow him? They said, no, you are his disciples, not us. But they couldn't argue the fact that what Jesus did to that man. So similarly, when you go out there, some people, like I warned you, there are people who just read the Bible to argue with you. Okay? So they will confuse you if you go out there and try and debate and argue the Bible. Okay? But if you go out there and tell them what Jesus has done for you, they can't take that one away from you. Amen? You say, he heals me. This Jesus that you're talking about, he heals me. You may tell me, this is a European invention to take our land. But when I believe this European invention, it's working for me. It's keeping me safe. It's keeping me healed. It's keeping me protected. It's keeping me in peace. So it's got to be the word of God. Amen? Because it's working for me. But if you try and argue it without a personal experience of what God has said about you. Then they will confuse you. So here it says, they went, they preached 
and the Lord was working with them, confirming the word with signs following. I want you to look at three words in that verse 20. All of them are promised in 15 to 18. There is the word, they went forth, or they did go. So verse 15 says, go into the world. There is the word, and preached. It says, and preached in verse 15. Okay? Verse 17 says, and these signs shall follow. Then verse 20, and confirming the word with signs following. I want you to look at that, because you can see, 15 to 18 talks about what will happen if you do this. Verse 20 shows what happened when they did that. So similarly, we keep on telling each other about the word. So if we say the word is not just in talking, but in demonstration of the power, we hear, we are told about this word, but we want to experience it also. We want to live it in a way that we can experience it. And what Jesus talked about here, when he talked about these signs will follow them that believe, if you do this, this will happen. I will be with you. I will go with you. He's already done that. He has shown it even with the disciples when, after he has departed. And they trusted him and they lived in the power of God and the power of God was manifested in his life. In those people's life through them. Amen. And I told you the other time that there was a time that God used Paul it was the time that God used Peter and many other people that you see through Bible times. But those people are not here now. Who is here now? You and I. So it means this is our time. Amen? Because look at what God did through the disciples and the apostles. Acts 5, Mr. MJ, Acts 5, 12 to 16, New King James Version. Acts 5, 12 to 15, NKJV. You will see that the Lord, the thing that Jesus talked about, go into the world, preach the gospel, these signs will follow you. There are people who did that, and signs followed, and people were getting healed. The kingdom of God was spreading. So, now is our time. As we believe God for our own selves and we see what God can do, we can take the same word and go out there and let that word be real in other people's lives. Because we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Amen. Acts 5, 12 to 16. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. Okay, now you see signs and wonders. These mm. signs will follow those who believe. So mm. through the hands of the apostles. So God is confirming what he said he will do. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Mm. Yet none of the rest dead joined them. Mm. But the people esteemed them highly. Mm. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Mm. So, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. Mm. That at least the shadow of Peter passing, passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. I like that. You see how the kingdom is manifesting here. I said in our kingdom there is protection, 
In our kingdom, there's provision. In our kingdom, there's even healing. Okay? So just like the kingdoms of this world will take care of their people, our kingdom also takes care of us. Now in this one, it says, through the hands of the apostles. So in other words, God works through his servants, his people on the earth. He works through believers. When God wants to deliver somebody, he needs a person. You remember even when God wanted to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt? He found a man called Moses. Okay? So you are the Moses of your generation. Wherever you are in your own world, he says go into the world. Your world will not always be my world. There are people that you've got contact with which I don't have. And may the gospel shine through you. May you take carry forth this kingdom, the gospel, into all the places where you go. It says, the Lord was using the apostles so much that people were bringing the sick people to get healed. But now, people even decided, no, we think, even if Paul, Peter may not be able to lay hands on all of them, but as long as we put them in a way that when he is passing by, if his shadow can fall on them, they will get healed. You see what people were believing now? And it started working. Because then, people were getting healed even just by the shadow of Peter. Because he had, Peter had something he had received from the Lord and he was walking in the fullness of the power of God. But that which he had received now could be transferred to people around. You remember even Paul, they said the handkerchiefs and clothes that has touched Paul's body, they would be taken to the sick people and sick people would get healed. I told you the other time that I gave you the example of a magnet. I said if you take a magnet and rub a piece of steel against the magnet, what becomes of that piece of steel? It becomes magnetic. You take that now, you go and take other things with it. So it means if you rub yourself so much with God and you walk in union with Christ Jesus, when you go out there, the power of God is manifested through you and touch the people. Amen? That's why it's not you. You should not take credit for it. You should not even charge people for people to get healed. Okay? You know, if anybody claims to be used by God to heal you and is charging you, it's unscriptural. The Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. If you are using your own power, then it's fair for you to charge us. Or if you are using, because you, you, you studied, let's say you studied and you are a doctor, and that's your knowledge, isn't it? You can charge. Okay? But if God just endowed it on you, you did not even go to school for it, you did not do anything. The Lord just said, those who believe will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Now you are laying hands on the sick and the sick are recovering. And now you want to start charging them and making money. You see how sometimes things get twisted? So if you hear people claiming to be servants of the Lord, but they are charging you to receive what they claim God gave them, you must ask them a question. Is it from you or is it from God? If it's from God, I'm not paying for it. If it's from you, I'm willing to pay. Tell me. Because if it's from God, he said, freely you have received, freely give. Amen. That's why we will never charge you for praying for you to get healed. And you get healed. 
He said, ah, now I'm healed. Now I'm free. I was oppressed by this. Uh, Pastor, can you just pray with me, believe with me, stand with me, and then I send a word, and then you are healed. And then you give glory to God. That's how the kingdom is spreading. Amen. So it says here, they brought even multitudes of people, and they were all healed. Okay. As we conclude now, I want us to conclude this. We'll pick it up again at the time. The kingdom of God, when you say thy kingdom come, I told you that we're not just talking about the second coming of the Lord, because if we do that, that you don't have to pray for. He's coming. <laughs> Whether you pray for it or not, he's coming. But when you say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You, you want the kingdom of God to be manifested in your lifetime, even through you. I want to show you these two verses as we conclude. Because that word kingdom is made of two words in it, isn't it? There's the word king, and there's the word dom, which means dominion. So the kingdom is where the king exercises dominion. Kingdom. The king exercising dominion. But if the king does not exercise dominion, then there is no kingdom. You get that? Then it's just talk. That's why it says the kingdom of God is not just talk. It's the demonstration of the power of God. So look at these two verses as we just wrap up for today. Luke 10 verse 9, NKJV. And then Luke eleven twenty, AMPC. So Mr. MJ, you can do for us Luke eleven twenty AMPC. Luke eleven twenty. I will do Luke ten nine NKJV. So this is what Jesus says. Jesus said, "And heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you." Did you see that? So he's saying the kingdom of God has come near you. Why? Because I'm healing the sick here. He says, "Heal the sick there, and then say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you." In other words, the kingdom is demonstrated by what Jesus said he will do. He is taking dominion. He knows that sickness torments people. And he wants to set his people free, but his kingdom can only spread through you. So Luke 11, 20 AMPC, Mr. MJ. But if I drive out the demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has already come upon you. Did you hear that? So here, Jesus is not, he's not praying for thy kingdom come here. Jesus says, as if I am casting out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has already come upon you. Did you see that? So in other words, there's one thing to say, thy kingdom come as I'm praying for it, but it's got to come and be manifested. And when it's manifested, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has already come upon you. You're getting that? Because I just want to encourage you to say that it's very easy to just play church, to be regarded as a Christian, to be regarded as religious, but we need to see the power of God. We need to see the king's 
dominion in your life or through your life. So may the king rule in your life as you submit your life to the Lord Jesus and say, I do not take care of myself. I do not run my life. I am, my life is under new administration. The Lord administers my life. Okay? And when, he, when my life is under new administration, he also uses me to go and reach out to others. But when your life is under new administration, okay, let me just say this one. How many of you know that the devil is a bad administrator? It's a bad administrator. You will find somebody who is 30 years old looking like 80 years. So obviously, whoever was managing that person is a bad manager, bad administrator. You know what I'm talking about, isn't it? You can see this person was mismanaged. And that's the devil. Okay? But when we are in the kingdom, you find that you are 80 and you look like 50. That's my manager. Amen? That's our manager. So if I have to choose, I want to be managed by the Lord. Because each day, I get renewed day by day. Amen? I get renewed day by day. I get refreshed day by day. Each day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Because now I'm managed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he manages my life well. So when he manages me and I'm walking in his kingdom, then he can use me to also spread his kingdom. Because Isaiah said of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And the kingdom is upon his shoulders. So if the kingdom is upon the shoulders of Jesus, it means the kingdom is upon you and I. And let's go out there and spread the kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We stand up and thank God for the word that we've had. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. So